See, if you're losing your, your, your encouragement, you're losing your hope, you're losing a confident, favorable expectation about something good coming to pass, don't stay in that. Don't stay in that loss situation because it will cause you to, to, to do stuff maybe you would have never done before out of that hopelessness. When people live with hopelessness, they end up doing reckless things. Because they think, if I don't do this, crazy, this thing, I'll never, I'll, nothing will ever change. Or they just resign to live disappointed and down. And the Bible says, hope deferred, put off, neglected, makes the heart sick. And so, so you, if, you, if you don't get that out of your heart, you'll live sick inside. You might be able to put on a front to other people that everything's cool and okay because you put on a happy face. But deep down inside, you're sick. You're discouraged. You're down on the inside. And generally, when people are down on the inside, it shows up as sad on the outside. So you could change all of your environment to nice, favorable things. Favorable things on the outside don't change your heart. It's like you can, I want to get away from this all, all this, so I'm just going to go to something that's fun. Well, you go and you enjoy the fun, and you're kind of happy because you're doing the fun, but then when all that fun's over, guess what? You still got the same insides on the inside of you. So you're still down on the inside because you're looking for hope in all the wrong places. You see, the source of our hope is in the Word of God. Amen. Praise God. And so we have, to, we have to just like faith comes by hearing, so does hope. And I said all that to set up my message. Go to 2 Kings chapter 4. You know, people would like to, people tend to, I don't know why we do this, but we tend to like to just choose to be victims and live a life of victimhood rather than take those points in our life that maybe we were victims of something. We don't have to stay that way. The good news of the gospel is Jesus gives us hope from the most difficult and most trying circumstances we could ever experience. Why have, why have victimhood when you can have victory? But you got to change the insides. You got to change the inside. I'm preaching that you're saying amen out there. Okay, 2 Kings chapter 4. Look at this. Here, here's a lesson the Lord gave me when I was discouraged. And you all know the, the story. It's the story of a, it's a, story of a, uh, a woman happens to be a single parent. So this is like the story of a woman living as a single parent, single parent household, and she's facing a demand that she doesn't have enough resource to take care of. She needs a miracle. Has anybody in here ever needed a miracle? Amen. Anybody in here ever needed a supernatural intervention from the Spirit of God into the natural realm of your life? When everything's saying no way, no high, get, no way, no how, the supernatural power of God can make a way. 
Well, here's a woman that is in need of a supernatural intervention, and she's in need of a miracle. It says, now there cried, chapter 4, verse 1, there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, who happened to be a prophet, saying, thy servant, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. And the creditor is come to take unto uh, him my two sons to be bondmen. In other words, that's going to be the payment. I'm going to have to give up my children uh, as payment for, for this debt. But she doesn't have enough to pay. She, she doesn't have it to pay it. She's, she's fallen short. Not enough in the house to pay the debt. And she certainly doesn't want to use her children to pay the debt. Can I get an amen from the parents in here? Let's encourage our children that we're not looking to, to sell them. Praise God. Amen. But guess what? She doesn't have a husband to supply for her. She doesn't have a husband to supply for her, but she's got a great demand. But she doesn't have enough in her house to take care of it. Now, here's, here's, here's the thing. She didn't have a husband, but she did have a prophet. She didn't have a husband, but she did have a man of God in her life to speak things that could give her hope. See, there's natural ways you can have natural encouragement from natural things, but what happens when all natural hopes are gone? We're not amongst the people who have just natural hope going for it. We can get hope from God. We can get hope from His Word. Even when all natural hopes are gone. Now, she didn't have a husband to supply for her, but she had a prophet. And so he goes and he instructs her and says, Elisha said unto her, what shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in thine house? In other words, I'm gonna, what, do you, what do you need? What, what do you need? You know, our ex, we always turn our expectations into needs. Needs are just another disguise of an expectation. Right? And, and has anybody ever needed anything? Well, when you have needs in your life, you, you normally turn those into expectations for someone or something to meet that need. We have to turn that need, that expectation that comes from a need, towards God. Only and solely upon God. If he chooses to use vessels, uh, human beings as the vessels to meet that need, Fine. But we have to keep our expectation toward God. Amen. Amen. So he says, go borrow empty vessels. He said, I'm sorry, go borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels, borrow not a few. They got to be empty. He says, when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons and shalt pour out into all those vessels and thou shalt set aside that which is full. You know, she said she had a pot of oil. But obviously one pot of oil is not going to fill other vessels. It's just going to fill another pot. Right? But she's going to get a miracle. There's going to be more come out of that pot than what was naturally possible. 
it was going to be a miracle. Right? A supernatural intervention into the normal course of nature or nature's laws. Right? When you have a jug of olive oil, you know, when you turn that thing over, once you get to the bottom of that bottle, that's the end of the olive oil. Right? She's going to have a miracle that's going to give her an increasing endless supply of oil. But it was only going to be as long as she had empty vessels. Now watch this. When thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thy, and upon thy sons, and shalt pour out into all those vessels, and, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him, shut the door upon her and upon her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. And it came to pass, when the vessels were full, that she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. He said unto her, there is not a vessel more. No, more. no more vessels. And what happened? And the miracle of oil, and the oil stayed, or the oil stopped. Notice the oil stopped. How many of you know the oil flowing was a miracle? Yeah. But watch, when did the miracle stop? As soon as she didn't have any more vessels. As soon as her vessels were gone, no more vessels to contain the miracle, the miracle stopped. If she'd had another vessel, the oil would the miracle would have kept flowing. Right? Even from the very start, if she she'd have never seen the miracle, if she didn't even have the first vessel. Right? So even in the middle of a miracle. God expected her to do something in the natural. Get a vessel. Get a vessel. Right? And what happened? Because she trusted the word of the man of God in her life, the man of God opened to her what couldn't be opened on her own. Because she had a vessel. Amen. Lord showed me that hope is like a vessel. Many of you have needs in your life, but you don't turn your vessel expectation toward God. You can be in the middle of where the miracle power of God is flowing, but you don't receive because you've lost your expectancy. Expectancy, you've probably heard this before, is the breeding ground of miracles. Why? Because that's your vessel. The miracle stopped when the vessel stopped. Right? Hope in your heart is like a vessel that you're holding up. Praise God. And as long as you have hope, you, you, you're in a position to receive. But no, no vessels, you have no hope. Miracles happen in an atmosphere of expectancy. Amen. You know, uh, believing involves faith and hope. Amen. You have to believe, you have to have faith, but you also have to have an expectancy. Amen. You also have to have a hope. Amen. Now I said this to our Wednesday night crowd, think about this. How many of you have any kind of needs in your life? Amen. All right. If God appears to you this afternoon, as soon as I'm done, if God would appear to you and said, I'll give you 
what you are expecting from him, what would you receive? See, if you can't come up with something, that shows you your expectation isn't toward God. Because you should be able to say, well, according to your word, it says you shall supply all my needs according to your riches and glory. So I'm expecting my needs to be met. Amen. Right? If God showed up, isn't God still a miracle God? Yes, he is. Isn't God in the New Testament the same as the God in the Old Testament? Yes, he is. Did he just perform miracles for Old Testament people and not New Testament people? No. no. You all said you had needs. But are your expectations to fill those needs from a promise from God? From what you've heard from the Word of God. See, the, the devil doesn't want you to do that because he wants you to live disappointed. He wants you to live discouraged. He wants you to live down. Do you know when you're down on the inside, you're a great specimen for him to work on? You think you're having a bad day? You show him that you're down. He's about to attack you more and more to give you a more down day than you've ever experienced in your life. The Bible says serve the Lord with gladness, not sadness. Amen. He loves looking for sad people. He loves looking for disappointed people. Why? Because he's going to pour on the pressure. If you're down, he's going to make you really down. Because he's evil. He is not good. I, God's, I'm not God, but if God says, I'll give you what you're expecting, could you say what you're expecting? And is it based on his word? See, that's where you got to do a little work. You, have, you said you all had needs, but are, is the expectation for that need to be fulfilled tied to a definite promise from God? If, if it's not, that's the work you have to do when you leave church. Amen. See, church isn't about just hearing a message and everything gets fixed. Church is a place where you get some answers that you've got to apply in your everyday life. Amen. If you don't do anything with this, you'll live without the need met. You've got to do something. Right. right? You all say you don't like to be sad. You'd rather be happy and glad, right? right. Praise God. Amen. Well, God can still do miracles. Amen. But you, you got to have a vessel. You got to have a vessel. See, she received as long as she had hope. She, you'll receive as long as you have hope too. And you put your faith in that hope. Amen. Are you following me with that? Yes. Amen. There's so many times I had expectations, uh, or I, I had, I believe what God's, you know, I see what God said in His Word, but I, I lost my expectation. I wasn't expecting anything good to happen. Every day we should wake up because of what God's promises are to us. I'm expecting great things to happen for me. Amen. Amen. Something good's going to happen to me today. Amen. You know, so often we think, we, we, we think, or we've heard that uh, faith and fear are often taught about, so we learn about it, that they are two opposite forces. But that's not true. Faith isn't the opposite of fear. 
Fear is the anticipation and expectation of evil. Fear is the opposite of hope. Hope is a confident and favorable expectation. It's the anticipation of something good. Fear is the anticipation of something evil. So, so fear is similar to hope, but in the opposite direction. Amen. Amen. Whenever you're fearful, it's because of an anticipation, expectation of something bad or evil is going to happen. Right? Well, hope is the confident, favorable expectation of something good's going to happen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. See, we got to have, have our hopes based on God, what he says from his word, or, or we'll live disappointed. God doesn't want us to be disappointed. God wants us to be encouraged. Amen. Thank you, Lord. The, the problem with discouragement is it's contagious. You know, you'll, you'll spread discouragement. God wants us to spread encouragement. Amen. You ought to be able to find encouragement in the house of God. Amen. Praise God. Let's look at this in, in Mark chapter 6. You can be in the presence of the power of God to give you a miracle, but you, you don't receive because of no hope. Look at this. Mark chapter 6. Here's, here's a miracle setting. In verse 1 it says, And he went out from thence, came into his own country, and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue. So when he teaches, what do you think he was teaching? How many think he was teaching the Word of God? What happens when the Word of God is taught? Faith comes, and what else comes? Hope comes, right? And this is, this is the, what the people, how they responded to what they heard. It says, and many hearing him had their hopes built up and their faith inspired. No, it didn't say that, does it? It says, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, from whence hath this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? See, they couldn't believe that he could be the one that God would use to get their hopes up. Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and of Judah and Simon? How many of you know Jesus had brothers? And are not his sisters here with us? He had sisters. And they were offended at him. So they went from being astonished at what they heard to offense. That's the danger of you not fixing the discouragement in your heart. That's the danger of you not getting that expectation back on the inside. It's going to lead you to getting offended at God. And what the devil's after is for you to walk away from God. To let go of your relationship. 
and just live a, a natural life. So, but Jesus said unto him, sent unto them, a prophet is not without honor, but in his own country and among his own kin and in, and in his house. And he could there, at that place, that locality, there he could do no mighty work, no, no miracle work, no miracle display of power, except that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. In other words, it wasn't like a spectacular miracle display of power. It wasn't a manifestation of power there. But he did minister, healed their sick. And he marveled because of their unbelief. And then what he did is to try to change that. He went about the villages teaching. Why? Because faith comes by hearing and hope comes by hearing. Are you listening to me? So they... The power of God, the miracle, mighty working power of God was available to these people. So you can be in the presence of miracle power and not receive. Why? Because they didn't expect anything. Was Jesus a man anointed with the Holy Ghost and power? Who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil? Do you think the power of God was present when Jesus was present? Yeah, because it's pointing out the fact he could there do no mighty work. It's like he wanted to do a mighty work. Mighty work is another word for the miracles. Display of power, dunamis. Miracle working of power was there, but he could there show no miracle working power because of their unbelief. And they didn't have any expectation. Unbelief has no expectation. Unbelief has lost its expectation. We're not supposed to be unbelievers. We're supposed to be believers. Can you say amen to that? Now, you could say, well, he, maybe he wasn't telling the truth. But you can't judge the validity of the truth by the response of the people. Because he was telling them the truth, what he was teaching them, right? But they didn't believe it. You can't judge truth by the size of the crowd. You can't judge truth by uh, the amount of power manifested. See, he had power, he had the truth, but you can't say, well, it wasn't true and there's no power there because nothing happened. No, 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 no. The problem was with what was on the inside of their heart. There was no expectation. They didn't expect anything. They came to the church setting, they didn't expect anything. They had lost their expectancy. Now, it, it's, it's, it's a great contrast. Go to the end of the chapter. Here's another city. It's another city, but, <clears throat> but it's the same Jesus. It's the same Jesus with the same power and with the same word of God. Are you listening to me? Verse 53. Remember the first city? He could there, at that place, do nothing. But they didn't expect anything. Verse 53. It says, and when they had passed over, they came into the land of Gennesaret. So it's another city, and he drew to shore. 
And when they were come out of the ship, immediately they knew him. Hey, this is Jesus. This is the guy that's anointed with miracle power. Watch this. Watch their expectation. And ran through that whole region round about and began to carry about in beds those that were sick where they heard he was. Now, why do you think he was, they were yanking people out of their sick beds and bringing them to the place where Jesus was? They had an expectation that he was the answer to their need. They gathered those people with expectation. Hey, I found the answer. I found where the healing power of God can make a change in these people. So, so they went to the hospitals and they drugged the peoples out of their bed or their homes or wherever they were. So their actions are with expectation. They, they're anticipating something good is going to happen if I can just get those people to where that power is. Amen. So that was the force of hope. Amen. This is people with a vessel. Holding that vessel up toward God for that miracle. And it says, and whithersoever he entered into villages or cities or country, they laid the sick in the streets and besought him that he might touch, if it were, but the border of his garment and as many as touched him were made whole. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, you know something? This is after the story in Mark chapter 5 of the woman with the issue of blood. See, they had heard that the woman with the issue of blood came in behind Jesus and touched the hem of his garment. For she said within herself, if I might, might, may but touch the hem of his garment, I shall be healed. Yeah. Jesus was crowded around with people, but this woman made her way through the crowd, touched the hem of his garment. Jesus was aware the power went out of him, and the woman was aware the power went into her. Yeah. And Jesus said, who touched me? Why? Because power flowed out of him that he became conscious of. Right? And seeing the woman in trembling, she said, Basically, it's me that did it. But she, it was a touch with expectation. She had an expectation that the power of God was going to fix her, her, the issue of blood. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I just blessed myself today. I'll tell you the testimony about it later. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The power of God can stop blood flowing in you. Thank you, Jesus. It's the same power of God. Glory to God. And you don't have to be a woman to have an issue of blood. You can have internal bleeding in your stomach. You can have internal bleeding in your gut. You can have internal bleeding in different parts of your body. Hey, you remember, I had one of those one time. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So they touched. What, what's the difference? Mark, uh, the first part of the chapter, the last part of the chapter. There was something of expectancy. These people had an expectation. You know, expectancy is the breeding ground of miracles. Hallelujah. Amen. Miracles happen in an atmosphere of expectation. Do you come to church 
just to come to church? Or do you expect something might just happen? I expect something might just happen. I come expecting something to happen. Yes. It's not the same old, same old. I come with an expectation. I need this from you, Lord. I'm looking to you, Lord. I didn't choose to go that way to look for it. I'm, I'm choosing to look to you for that. Praise God. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Have you lost your vessel? Have you lost your vessel? Have you lost your hope? I sense many of you are because I sense your discouragement. I sense you're living, you've, ch- you've chosen to live with disappointment. And you're stuck in it. Don't live there. Don't live there. Don't let it go beyond today. And maybe it doesn't totally go away today, but you're, you made the decision, I'm working on this. I'm working on my, what's going on on the inside of me. I'm not going to live sad days no more in the name of Jesus. Do I got anybody out there that says, yeah, that's me, Pastor. Hallelujah. I'm tired of disappointment. I want manifestation in my life. Glory to God. But where are you tying your hopes? Look at this in Psalm 62. Verse 5. We have to do it Hope thou only in God. Have you ever had something happen? You say, I just can't believe how this could happen. How could this have happened? Well, that's a natural reaction, but the word of God doesn't change that can give you expectation again that God can do something different and something good for you you can go right back to the Word of God. You're not limited to just getting hope from the natural. Have you ever been led along by something in the natural encouraging you that this is going to happen, it's going to happen, it's going to happen, it's going to happen, and then it don't happen? Well, what do you do? You just, oh, just live disappointed? No, here's what you should do. You should go back to the Word of God. Find, base your expectation, tie your expectation to something that God said. Amen. Not what men said. The Bible says vain is the help of man. The help from God is not in vain. Amen. Look at this Psalm 62 verse 5. It says, my soul. Sometimes you got to talk to your soul. Head, listen to me. I talk to my head all the time. Shut up in Jesus' name. You, you quit acting so dumb. The name of Jesus. Emotions, shut up in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Thoughts, go for me in the name of Jesus. I'm not crazy. I might go crazy if I don't do that, but I do it. My soul, look at this, wait thou, anticipate thou only upon God. Only upon God. For my expectation, my hope, is from Him. What do you want to work out favorably in your life? What is it? What, what do you want favorably to work out in your life? 
Do you have an expectation? Do you have a promise, though? Do you have a hope-giving promise to meet that expectation that you could put faith in? If, if not, then you're going to live. The devil will lead you along, and then just at the last minute, just shut it down, and then you live disappointed. He's, he's evil. He's cruel. My expectation is from him. My expectation is from him. My expectation is from him. His hope doesn't make me ashamed. Hope maketh not ashamed. Amen. He's not going to get you. God doesn't. God is not the one to get our build your hopes up just to yank the rug out from under you to disappoint you. That is not our God. God doesn't encourage you to just to trick you and then just just you know like pull the tablecloth off of the table. You know, just yank your courage out of your heart. No, he doesn't do that. Don't allow the devil to lie to you and you start blaming God. Hope thou only in God, for my expectation is from him. Every time I've ever been disappointed in my, my life, it, it was usually because my expectation wasn't totally in God. It was really towards something else. And I'd have to make, oh, back to the drawing board. God, my hope comes from you. Your word says this. That's what I'm going to hold fast to. I'm going to hold fast to saying what I expect from your word without wavering. For you are faithful that promise. We just sang that song. Beginning of the worship. Great is his faithfulness. Hallelujah. Look at this. In Romans chapter 5. Do you know why the stories are written in the Bible? And why we, we encourage people when God's done something good for you, you should share that testimony. You should share what God's done for you. Why? Because experience produces hope. If God does something, brings his word to pass in your life, and you experience his word coming to pass in your life, when you share that, then that gives other people hope. Other people can get the same encouragement. Amen. You know, that's powerful. That's powerful. So, so we need to share those things. Because experience produces hope. Look at this in verse 9. It says... Uh, and not only so, but we glory in trials, tribulations, troubles, also knowing that tribulation works patience, patience, experience, and experience hope. If we stay in faith, expecting from God, we will, we will have the experience that God's word promises come to pass in our life. That, that experience of that word coming to pass builds hope in your heart for the next time. But it also builds hope for other people, because you can get hope from their experience. Amen. So when we share our experiences, you know, we have two people in the front row here healed of cancer. You get the report of cancer in your body. That's, that's a freaking news, right? That'll freak you out. But guess what? They also have a testimony, right? 
of their faith and hope in God, now they're cancer free. What does that do? Well, if God can heal them, God can heal me. Thank you, Jesus. This whole room is full of miracles. I know people, I know a person in this room, that they should be dead. They should be dead. They're living. They're a member of this church. Hallelujah. And their, their miracles continuously working. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Look in Romans 15, verse 4. Here's the reason why the stories in the Bible of these things coming to pass for people, here's why the testimonies of people that are living with you side by side, going through the same you know, part of history and life that you are, is it, it creates hope in your heart. Look in chapter 15, verse 4. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning. That's why you gotta, you got to read the Bible. Amen. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning. That's all the things in the Old Testament, the Gospels, the New Testament epistles. says that we, through patience and comfort of the Scriptures, might have hope. Hallelujah. That, that story we just told in from 2 Kings chapter 4 about that woman, do you know why that was written in that part of the Bible? To give you hope today. Amen. Maybe you'll be faced with a situation in your life where the demands exceed what you have to take care of the demand. But guess what? She got a miracle. It's recorded that we might have hope. What's that say? She got a miracle, I can get a miracle. Even when it seems like there's no way in the natural for it happening, God wants me to keep my hopes up and, and keep my vessels out there. Keep my expectancy toward God. Amen. And then verse 13, you can just not just even barely get by, you can abound in hope. God's power can make you, I mean, just abound in hope overflow with hope. You, you, you may not be able to say, feel that way that that's where you're at right today, but it can happen. God by his power can make you abound in hope. That means you got enough hope for you and, and to, to overflow to you to other people. More than enough. Look at this. This is the God we serve. Now notice it's calling, we know God's a God of faith, but you know God's a God of hope. Look at this. Now the God of hope. The God of hope. Is he a saving God? Yes. Is he a healing God? Yes. Is he a delivering God? Yes. Is he a blessing God? Yes. But you know, he's a, he's a hope-giving God. Yes. Do you know him as that? Thank now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Is the Holy Ghost power still available today? Yes. Did the Holy Ghost power pass away when the apostles left the earth? No. The early apostles, no. Did the, did the power of God leave the earth when Jesus left? No, because no, he sent the power back. Yes. He says, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Yes. Amen. So we can, if the power is still here, I can abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. Even in the most ruthlessly abnormal circumstance that's telling me no way, no how, I can still have hope 
from what God says to me. Don't stay hopeless. Or you could say, don't stay down on the inside. I'm not trying to minimize whatever caused that to be. But you don't have to stay there. Why would you choose to stay there? God loves you too much to just leave you in that case. Why do you choose to keep living that way? Come out of it. Come out of it. But, but quit looking for hope in all the wrong places. You'll find it right here. All the hope you'll ever need in your life is found right here. Praise God.